0: It's there you'll find connection, and there where you'll find more peace, obedience, respect, and joy. So what are you waiting for? We know those behaviors aren't going to go away on their own. Let's dive in. Hey there, and welcome to the Chaos Connected Podcast. Today we're going to talk about sibling conflict, because I feel like that's on my mind lately. You can probably guess why. Um, And I wanted to just walk you through a couple things that I have learned because um, after my second was born, I unintentionally was kind of creating more sibling rivalry and my oldest would honestly, like we've gone from a point of him seeking out my now middle child just to like push him down. Like he, he could have been somewhere across the room and he would just like go on purpose and knock him down to actually playing together. Now, now, obviously there is still lots of sibling conflict that we're working through, but it is continually improving. And so I want to go through three keys to approaching sibling conflict in order to kind of remain neutral and help your kids to work through it. Because I know sometimes it can be hard because it might feel constant. It might feel intense. You might be losing your patience over it, but sibling rivalry is good. It's how our kids, you know, kind of their first lessons in learning social skills and the need to problem solve with each other and kind of that cause and effect of, if I do this to somebody, this is kind of what happens to me. So, Don't lose heart, and I think just like with lots of other behaviors, sometimes we don't necessarily see the fruit of our labor of consistency and patience and calm, but it does get to a point where you do start to see it, and that shift can happen like you don't see anything and then all of a sudden, you do. It's not always that like gradual workup like we would assume to see. Okay, so key number one is to stay calm. Now, I know that this could be really challenging, and it was something that was really challenging for me. Occasionally, it still is, but I've worked on it quite a bit. It was kind of triggering for me when, you know, say I'm in the kitchen, and my kids are in the room, they're playing, and then all of a sudden, I hear things go south. And I think, you know, when you can hear one child (laughs) attacking the other one, it can feel triggering. You know, we don't want our kids to get hurt. And I just recognize that no one's going to die in the 10 seconds that it takes me to get from the kitchen to their bedroom. And it, it almost brought out this like fight or flight in me. And so I've had to work on that. And maybe that's something that you need to work on too. Um, and maybe not, maybe it's easy for you to come to sibling conflict with calm, but I've also recognized that yelling never works. So just, you know, tell your brain that over and over and just don't even put in the effort to yell Because I have so often yelled from across, like not even yelling, like in, I don't know, I, a quote unquote, like mean way, but just like to get attention to stop. And once your child is like at the point where they're maybe becoming physical, they're probably too far gone to actually hear you and, and follow through with what you're saying. So, just really trying to approach the situation with more calm. Again, this is going to be really helpful for that co-regulation piece when, you know, it might not happen now, it might not happen tomorrow or the next day, but eventually your child is going to learn how to come to these conflicts with their sibling with more calm if you can continue to model it. If that is really hard for you, maybe that's a place where you need to pause and kind of dive in. Why is this really triggering for me? What about this situation is really bothersome to me and journal it out. Second key, even if you think you know what happened, you have probably missed a bunch unless you are literally sitting right there. So go in ready to listen. Don't go in assuming, even if you see one child on top of the other, don't go in assuming that that's the child that, you know, should be the one in trouble or is the one causing the problem. Obviously, yes, if, if the child is on top of the other one, there is some issue there. But it's kind of like that rule that you've probably been taught when you were a kid as well. Like, it's not usually the first person that gets caught. It's usually the second person that's reacting. And I think especially when you have kids, you know, of different ages, and the older one is maybe inflicting the, the physical, you know... Hits or whatever it is, or laying on top of the younger one. Like sometimes I think just the idea of like the older one is going to hurt the younger one can kind of be something. But a lot of times when I have gone in and recognized that I didn't see the situation and I don't actually know what happened, and I ask questions and I listen to both sides, my oldest will say, I asked him to stop three times and he wouldn't. And so if I had not asked, I would have went off on my oldest for doing something. and yes, like obviously the goal is that we don't get to this place of physical insertion, you know, where you're doing something to create that person to stop versus walking away. But I think that's a normal response, especially for a child and the fact that he did ask three times, that's something that I would not have known and he... You know, if I kind of did the traditional consequence route and gave him a consequence, that might be really confusing for him. So just really going in with the thought of, even if I think I know what happened, I'm just going to ask. And so oftentimes I will ask each of them to tell their side, like what happened through your lens, because it is also about perception, and so that way, it also helps each child understand what the other one perceived was happening. And so there can be some teachable moments there too, um, if, if needed. And then the last key is to ask questions. Again, like I said before, allow both sides to share. Don't take sides. Don't jump to conclusions. And then, you know, you can validate here. Asking the questions, you know, what happened, and as your child is saying, You know, he took this toy away from me and I asked him for it back, or he wanted this toy and I said no, I was using it and he just took it out of my hands. You know, validating here by saying things like, Yeah, I can see that's really hard, or I can see you were really trying to tell him, or, you know, whatever, versus like, I see you're really upset. Kind of, again, making that transition. If you've heard any of my episodes before, you've probably heard me say that. I tend to really encourage parents to come from a conversational point in validation, not from the, it's okay to be upset. I see you really upset because that's not something that we would say to another adult if we were supporting them through a challenging time. So thinking about just a conversation that you would have with a friend if they were in a situation like this and speaking in those terms versus, you know, identifying their emotion. Um so by doing all of those things, you can help your kids learn to work through sibling conflict in a more calm, more regulated manner. Also, just a bonus, you know, with that last point when you are asking them to share their sides when you are validating their feelings, this isn't the place to add in lecture, which can be really tempting and really difficult because it probably happened to you as a child many times. And so you're, whether in, in lots of environments, not just at home, but possibly also at school or daycare or, you know, grandparents' house. And so, you know, for example, if one child hits the other, validating by saying, you know, that must have been hard when he wouldn't stop, even though you asked him versus, you know, going into the lecture of like, well, we don't hit and that sort of thing, it doesn't mean don't address the issue, but it does mean not right then. It means validate that you didn't get there in time and you're sorry that you didn't get there to help the child in time and that it must have been really challenging or or whatever the situation warrants. And then when you are removed from that situation, that's like the teachable moment. Because if you're going to try to teach right then, You are going to invalidate everything that you've just done by saying, you know, by lecturing them about hitting. Kids know hitting is wrong and they often don't go into the situation thinking, I'm going to hit, you know, my brother or sister. It's just their response because they're dysregulated. Same with you. What's your triggered response? It's hopefully not hitting, but it's probably yelling or threatening a consequence. So, We all have things to work on here and being able to have a conversation removed from that, you know, the middle of that situation can be really helpful in helping your child again, talk through it, ask the questions when you're having these conversations. Don't just talk at your child, but see if you can prompt them to answer your questions or prompt them through, you know, maybe what they could do in the future. So again, stay calm. Even if you think you know what happened, go in ready to listen, not with any sides in mind or, you know, thinking that one child has done it worse than the other, and then asking questions, validating feelings if needed, and refraining from lecturing. I know that's hard, but I promise you it will be so helpful because your child, both your kids then, are going to recognize that you're not taking sides and because when we do that, even if we're not saying like, oh, I'm going to take a side, but you're going in with the intention of, you know, kind of punishing the one child because it looks like they did they did the thing without getting the information, that child is already disconnected and now, now you're creating even more disconnection, which is going to cause more sibling conflict. So when we can come from a more connected place, that helps your kids resolve the issue, but it also helps them then you know, going forward later, maybe a couple minutes later, you know, you go to do something and they have a conflict again. And instead of it becoming physical, now they're able to come with calm, more level-headed, more problem solving and reasoning with each other because of what you just put in the work to do. So I know it's really hard. I know it can be really frustrating, especially when you feel like you're doing it over and over again, but it will produce fruit just keep sticking with it and being consistent in your approach as best as you can. Obviously, we're not going to be perfect. Um, We are going to be triggered ourselves sometimes, but really trying to bring yourself back to consistency with connection. Real quick before you go, if you felt encouraged and inspired by listening to this show, I'd love for you to leave a rating or review over at Apple Podcasts so we can spread the word to help other mamas feel less alone and find beauty in the behaviors.